you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. Also known as 110 Studio. Visit us, 110studio.la. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as Real FRG on the Twitter and the Instagram. That gentleman is DMAC underscore LA, Doug McCain. Guys, he celebrated a birthday on Friday. We had Cody on Monday. We have Doug on Friday, which means we're celebrating Doug today, but they couldn't handle their liquor, so we're not going to drink on today's show. But let us know where you're representing Dodgers Nation tonight. Drop into the comments. Let us know uh, your, your uh, what is it, zip codes, area codes, codes area zip, codes, yeah. not zip codes. I want area codes. Three numbers are much easier to read. Doug, how the hell are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Another year older, another year wiser. Actually, just first the older part, but I'm mm-hmm. uh, happy to be here. It's a great day. 59 days until opening day. There's been 16 Dodgers that wore number 59. How about our boy Ishmael Valdez? Give me Kelly Wunsch. Kelly Wunsch is a good one. How about Evan Fireman Phillips, Bill Kruger? But uh, yeah, getting excited, closing in on spring training. Got Fan Fest this week baseball is in the air i'm telling you baseball's neck and see i can smell it i can smell i can, I can smell balls it. it's happening i mean the end of the football season that really that's how you know baseball's on the horizon yeah Excited. we're, we're uh, we'll, we'll see hopefully some of you guys out at fan fest this weekend yeah if not we hope to see some of you guys out at spring training in oh we'll be out there in about a month actually we'll be wrapping up almost <laughs> in about a month from now but we'll be out uh, february 21st through march 3rd so come out find us buy doug several beers he's bad at drinking on today's show we're gonna so be McCain, talking baby. about a bevy of things we're talking about opening day starters because why not we're just that much more excited about baseball almost being here we got some infield outlook we got to talk muncie we got to talk lux we got to talk a little bit about andrew friedman what he said on the the radio machine over the weekend um we got a giveaway we got to talk about umpiring and officiating and uh, really all of sports so that's coming up a little bit later we have uh i wanted to do some bold predictions for february see if we can make some assholes out of ourselves but uh first let's get into some comments guys and don't forget we are on you know the internet go find our podcasts if you want blue heaven podcast just search it you could probably find us we're on itunes spotify everywhere your podcasts are available for free we are there do subscribe to us on youtube youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv hit the bell leave a like leave a comment all that stuff helps us survive so Find some comments. Good, sir. We got Dave Zander. No way we make the postseason this year, LOL. <laughs> Mr. Positivity. We got Greg Paulo Cedro, California. We got Daniel from Mexico City. We've got Brett Harley from the 775. Ron from the 208. Greg Osterberg. Happy birthday, DMAC. Craig, one of two comments on our Chris Taylor video. Appreciate you, as always, Mr. Osterberg, rocking with us. But, yeah, we got Fly Eagles Fly from Alberto. Hey. The I birds. Uh, Doesn't Noah fly. owe us one, or uh, what's going on here? We did have a bet. Noah, of course, a 49ers fan. He was upset. He complained about the officiating, the 40 winers. I mean, the 49ers. Damn. I mean, anyway. Dropping facts. Yeah. Damn. Um, you know we, what? From Niners fans, I have heard a lot of crying. It's relatively justified, but you know what? They could have had prime Joe Montana in that one. The Eagles were going to fly. Prime but Steve Young. That's right. Thank you, Alberto. I think you got Nick. We got 818. We got 559 from, mm, or it says MH, so I don't know. 775-208. Ron Bates checking in. We got, uh, oh, I guess MH is checking in from the Fresno, the 559. Daniel, Mexico City. We got Palo Cedro with Mr. Greg. Um, Dave says no way we make the postseason this year. Mm. 
<laughs> what? We got, we got a we got a what happened to Eric? Oh, oh. man! Oh, oh! They they can hardly recognize him. <laughs> Gonna want to sit down. For yeah. <laughs> All um, right. What else we got? Uh, Doug, no, it's just Doug is straight dropping lies. That's a that's a that's a. Or the lies. Stop the lies. Stop the lies. All right. Anyways, um, what do you want to talk about first, Chief? I'm gonna leave this on you. Yeah, let's get right into uh, let's get right into the the infield talk. I think it's really interesting what Andrew Friedman had to say when he was on MLB Network with Jim Bowden. Of course, Jim Bowden. Of course, if uh, whatever Best he friend. says, it comes <laughs> true. But he was quoted as saying that uh, Andrew Friedman was talking about his predictions on who will how the infield will look for the Dodgers for this upcoming season. And he was quoted as saying, "Lux at short. If I had to guess right now, with Muncie at third and Vargas at second, but we're going to let spring training play out and not go with firm thoughts on exactly how it shakes." out we feel really good about the group we have and the flexibility and the versatility that they bring that's a lot of reading right there but Clint what are your thoughts on Andrew Friedman's statement I think what really stands out is the comment about Miguel Vargas at second base but what are your thoughts on that well I mean I think Andrew continues to be a master of saying a lot of of words and not really giving much information he is probably the best in the business at doing that but i mean saying all the right things we know this is what they have right now we've heard all off season hey miguel vargas is at, at dodger stadium a lot he's working out at second base a lot uh we kind of figured with the year max muncie had last year it makes a lot of sense for him to be the guy there uh at third base um you, you, you feel pretty good about locking in Freddie Freeman, so you don't even need to mention that. But uh, was there any massive takeaways from you with, with Andy's uh, little Andy F statement here? I mean, coming from his mouth, it really makes you think that, wow, this could be real. You could have Miguel Vargas <laughs> and Gavin Lux as your keystone combination, it's, it's and a that's scary, a lot man. of youth. And Very different infield. Very yeah. different field. And you don't want them to, to, do you want them to be able to play that position? And you look at Miguel Vargas, a guy who's worked a lot this offseason playing second base. You saw him before games last year working out at second base he has played 28 games at second base in his career but I think that really is the biggest question for Miguel Vargas is where does he fit in defensively we know Max Muncie he says that second base is his favorite position to play he likes the way he reads the ball off the bat but from a mobility standpoint does he have the foot speed the athleticism to play second base in this band restriction world we're going to be living in next season so it's a lot of uncertainty with that and it just I think the big the big development here is the trade for Miguel uh, is the trade for Uh, Miguel Rojas because Rojas really is that band-aid where if it doesn't work out for Vargas or if he's not producing at the plate same thing with Gavin Lux if he can't handle his natural position where he came up do you plug Rojas in there and then the question is how healthy is he when you consider the fact he just had another wrist surgery but what are your thoughts on that well I think uh, I think with Rojas it's definitely the it is the ultimate band-aid it is if something goes wrong you go to him or I also think if you have a pitch to contact kind of hurler on the bump, let's let's say Clayton Kershaw, even though he can still get his K's, I think I think we we see Miggy Rowe starting at two B whenever Kershaw's on the bump, just to kind of secure a little more defense up the middle. Unless you know Vargas has really made strides this off season, it's kind of tough to imagine him getting you know a. Uh, uh, the lion's share. I mean, he will get the lion's share, but getting like starting seven days a week, it's not going to happen. He can earn his way into that. But, you know, they're in a good position to, if Vargas doesn't work out, yeah, they have Roas there to, to be, uh, to be the band-aid, to be the backup guy. But there's also the Michael Bush factor. Somebody you mentioned earlier before we went on the air 
Um, he's a dude, they, they say the bat is ready. You know, didn't have the greatest year at AAA. He's still very good, still very highly touted prospect. So if Vargas works, Michael Bush, immediate trade bait for sure. He's already kind of there. But if Vargas doesn't work out and has to get sent back down, Michael Bush is kind of your Vargas 2.0 opportunity there. But uh, all things considered, you go out, you lose JT, you go out, lose Trey T. You're in a pretty good position to still enter the season, kind of assess where you're at with this roster, with this infield, and see what happens come trade deadline, what's available, or even even a couple months in. I see Cody's got something for us. It's a special day a here at Dodgers we Nation. We got like four super chats. Woo! Four super chats. I'll read off. Uh, Let's go. I'll get back to that first one, but we'll go to uh, MH who had two super chats for forty nine ninety nine, almost fifty. He gave us a hundred bucks, pretty That's much. Legend in super chats. The first one said, "Happy B Day, D Mac." Yeah. The second one says, "For Show Otani." Put oh. in the piggy bank. Put it in the show. Hey, piggy bank. Put it in the piggy bank. Appreciate yes. that. And then Doom Sal gave us twenty bucks, and he said, "Happy birthday." D-Mac, another legendary wow. super chat. And then the first super chat we got was from LDBC's Most Wanted. He said, for $4.99, thank you again. Thank he you. says, what up, fellas? How would how would how huge would it be if James Altman can become MVP caliber Cody Bellinger? You guys think Pepio can become a starter this year? Hey, hey, wow. hey. That's a lot of shoes for you, Doug. I'm just saying. Holy that's, crap. That's and, uh, sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt. Another $50. Oh really? Another $50 from MH. He says, Dodgers for for life. Dodgers Nation, faux life. Guys, my Venmo is also oh. at uh, my OnlyFans. No, no. Yeah, but uh, hey, appreciate we, it, guys. That Honestly, awesome, that means man. a lot, man, because you guys are the reason why I do this thing. We know that I'm the man of the fans of your show. I'm just hosting <laughs> it. Or, but it really it means a lot because uh, really, you know, all that is going to go towards Shohei Otani's $600 million contract next year. So we're definitely crowdsourcing it, and it means a lot. So, yeah, appreciate you guys. Really appreciate Always rock that, with us. I mean, you know what? We need, we need like a, a wall of fame. For for you know, the legends of the stream and and I think MH is right up there right now. We got some incredible uh, fans, incredible friends. So I I like what uh where 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 is Dave Dave said we gotta we gotta do a toast. So let's uh, do a toast. Yes, <laughs> there it is. It's the best fans in the land. Water and monster. Dodgers hit him with Nation. hit him with the gritty. Oh, You can't see the feet, but the feet are on point. But guys, yeah, you guys, guys are the best. If, you, if you're listening uh, to this, you got to watch on YouTube. Make sure hit hey hit that subscribe button on that on that button so people know to hit that subscribe in real life and bell and all the other things. But whatever I said before all that, what do you think? Yeah, no, <laughs> I was talking a lot about the Michael Bush factor. Like there's yeah. they're sort of there. You you have your Miguel Rojas band aid, like you called it, and I like I like that. That I mean, I'm sure he doesn't like the terminology, but you know, Andrew Friedman said. I mean, in, re in reality, yeah, he's kind of going to be the utility guy. I don't think we see very much like Chris Taylor in the infield, like I think we mentioned last week. But you have a second, you have a backup Miguel Vargas with with Michael Bush in a way. 
I mean, when you look at the fact that this team has World Series aspirations, you're going to put a keystone combination of a Miguel Vargas and a Gavin Lux when you need more range and more athleticism at those positions. I just don't see that for the entire year. I think what it's going to come down to is does the bat justify the position defensively? If he's raking, if he's hitting 270 and he's hitting bombs and he's projecting towards that direction, I think you like it. But Michael Bush is a very interesting name that I personally don't believe gets discussed enough because he's 25 years old. He's right at the doorstep he's done nothing but rake at the minor league level last year and the top two levels he had 30 had 32 70 extra base hits 38 doubles 32 bombs he's a guy that's proven that he can rake at that level and i think he just needs an opportunity to me he's like the ringo of the dodgers prospects the guy the outcast no one talks about him enough and yes he does strike out a lot 26 percent strikeout rate but a very impressive 12 percent walk rate hits the ball to all fields he has played first base second base and the outfield and it's really just a fit issue with michael bush but clearly they like miguel vargas's potential more than bush but I think Bush is a guy that easily he could give you 25 plus home runs, hit close to 260 and 270. Yeah. It's just a matter of him getting those reps. So, yeah, it just doesn't seem like the organization loves him. And he's a guy that could be one of those first premium prospects that they could deal in a potential trade. Yeah, if they need to fill out some spots in the outfield and all that. I want to get your opinion or your thoughts on this. So, you know, you hear you hear from folks every once in a while. You can kind of, you know, deduce under your own uh, cognitive ability as well. The, the the kind of the pitching class at triple a obviously not mlb quality all the time usually it's maybe not even double a quality you see a lot of guys especially the dodgers a lot you know bounce guys from double a up to up to mlb um when you're seeing dudes rake at triple a a very hitter, hitter friendly league you got guys who can't really uh you know always get the job done maybe like four a dudes four a hitters even pitchers who can't they can't excel in the big leagues, but they crush AAA pitching. Because this is something where we're seeing Vargas, we're seeing Bush really rake against triple a hitters and maybe it's like uh, you know you hope they can trans like you i don't know is there any concern do you think that's something I mean, there's always a concern i mean we thought cole calhoun was going to be a future all-star right i mean there's guys that you see give me that, some joe adele love yeah i mean there's always hashtag, guys <laughs> hashtag halos today and then look at what happened in 2019 i mean gavin lux he emerged as the top prospects because you really had a juice ball down there yeah. and everyone's statistics were inflated so you just never know until a guy gets the opportunity and some swings just lend themselves more for big league success some guys guys that are able to figure out the breaking ball some guys that are able to catch up to high velocity pitching they're going to have more success but I think Michael Bush what you like about him is he does have that consistency throughout levels he's not a guy that was good in double a and then he fell off in triple a like we saw with a Jacob Amaya someone like that he has been able to get it done at all levels but the issue that the Dodgers have is they usually have so much strong depth at positions like first base where you have a Freddie Freeman who will play that position as long as he wants and for that six-year contract and we know that first base really is Michael Bush's best position, probably Miguel Vargas's best position. Yeah. We probably know Max Muncy was trending towards winning a gold glove in, at that position in 2021. But when there's so much talent and depth, it's tough to give guys the experience and opportunities they need to really realize their full potential. But I do think that one of the good things is when you play at AAA for the Dodgers, you are getting the best coach and the best yes, talent. And you're also huge. facing like the Bob, you know, like Gartaya told us, you know, he's like, he faced Bobby Miller in spring training. So you're facing top pitching prospects but you yeah. just never know man <laughs> they're almost better at having interest squad games than than you know playing the competition at triple a uh, another name to mention kind of up the middle mookie betts 
really wants to play some second base. I don't imagine it happening just because the outfield isn't that deep. He's going to, it came out uh, last week or over the weekend, uh, Team USA manager Mark DeRosa, D-Row, saying, you know, you could see some Mookie bets at second base in the WBC. Um, there's another sort of emergency, you know, breaking case of emergency situation, playing him at second base. You know, if, if you need, if, if somebody gets hurt also, let's say Muncie goes down, you got to put Vargas out there. Do you think there's much infield Mookie this year? I think there's always going to be some during the middle of the summer. We know it keeps him engaged. We know it keeps him stimulated and keeps him involved. But I think you look at Mookie Betts and you say, hey, we signed this guy to a $365 million contract because he's a perennial gold glove, oh, a golden glove, right? No, golden a gold glove, gold glove award Championship winning. aspired golden glover. <laughs> outfielder. And you lose some of that value if you have him at second base. Even yeah. though second base, if you look at Fangraph's war, it's going to highly value that position because of how much range you have to have and the speed and agility to play that position but I think that Mookie is comfortable in right field I think too you focus on Mookie's 35 home runs last season what he does offensively this team goes as Mookie Betts goes and do I really want him at second base trying to perfect that position where yes he came up playing that position mm -hmm. but he can roll out of bed and win a gold glove in right field I'd rather keep him there we know he's the best in the game go glove go glove <laughs> or you know at the very least you move him to center field where he's a premium center fielder as well but I do think he will get some opportunities at second base but I think the fact that you did make that trade like we said earlier for Miguel, Miguel Rojas he's not gonna be a handsome Alberto Rojas is gonna play. gonna play he's not gonna fade towards the end of the season they traded for him they took on that five million dollars so he gets some real opportunities and also you just have to start find those long-term solutions can yes. Gavin Lux be that long-term solution at shortstop can he hold it down defensively if he could that would save this team a lot of money and really just solidify things in that infield and then the second base spot too I mean Miguel Vargas you want to take advantage of that hit tool and his ability to produce at the plate well you're going to have to give him those opportunities too and if you have Mookie playing second base and taking away some of those opportunities you're not going to be able to develop that pipeline enough so I want to see that once yeah. a year you know we need that Mookie once a year where he throws the guy at <laughs> third you know every year yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But. There's also opportunities. I know Cody's got something real quick to button this up, and then I want to talk more on Lux for a second. But let's 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 put together a scenario where you know what? Let's say Vargas isn't working out well at second base, but the hit tool is there. You know, he played some left field. There's another opportunity to kind of stash him. Maybe you know Taylor's up the middle. You move. I don't know. You put Jason Hayward in right or Trace Thompson in right field. There, there. Like like Friedman said, there's some what he loves optionality there is some um uh the other thing you know there's some utility that they can use with this team so it, it's gonna be a, you know, a di different i guess an exciting a competition competition filled spring training for this team for at least the guys that are actually going to be around a whole bunch of them will be out for the world baseball classic but we throw to cody he's got something for us What's going on, guys? hey Hello? noise wrong wrong Kate. wrong mic um, so You're number four. We're, <laughs> we're going to go back to uh, the first Super Chat. Um, LDBC Most Wanted. He gave us four ninety nine. Um, he said, how huge would it be if James Alman can become MVP caliber oh, yeah. Cody Bellinger's? Uh, Cody Bellinger, you guys think Pepio can become a starter this year? That's right. So we, that one, and then I'll throw you guys another question after. Yeah, we, we missed that one. Um, wait, what was the Pepio part? 
was totally listening to do all you of think, it. Do you think Pepio could be a starter this year? And yes. How Pep- huge would it be for uh, I'll Altman? leave you, Outman. I'll take Pepio, even though you're the guy who just talked to him. Check it out on our YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there. Great interview with Ryan Pepio. Appreciate his time. Check out this guy doing an interview. Uh, here in studio, Dodgers top prospect, Diego Cartaya. I want to I talk to you guys. I haven't watched it yet. I'm saving it. You know, I'm going to set it for premiere. I'm going to put some. I'm gonna put on my best velour suit, and I'm just going to plop into my home theater. You know, oh, man, double double fisting popcorn, but like Ryan Pepio is going to be a, a very important part of of this team this year. I think you could look at him as sort of being like as important as Ross Stripling was for this team in eighteen, in in seventeen, in nineteen. Like how if if one guy gets hurt. Pepio is the first dude up and he could also be the kind of piggyback guy. Who knows? Maybe he could be the guy that Tyler Anderson was supposed to be at the start of last year. Um, you know, being the piggyback guy, filling some innings, you, you're not going to get more than, you know, 140 innings at most out of Dustin May. You kind of need to save him a little bit if you want him in the postseason rotation. So I like Pepio, you know, he came when, when he was on with us, he said the right things. Um, he, he was aware his biggest, uh, issue was missing the strike zone. He was he was nibbling. He wasn't challenging dudes, and he's at his best. Ryan Pepio is Ryan Pepsi, Pepio when he's challenging hitters and in the zone and letting that you know letting that nasty uh, nasty change work off the fastball and, and get some dudes out. So be high on Ryan Pepio. He's he's a he's a big time dude for a while. Give me some Outman thoughts. Yeah, when it comes to James Albin, I think the big thing is, can he, one, hold it down defensively? He definitely has the athleticism to play the position. I think for him it's, can he be consistent enough at the plate to where you can keep in center field? Because he did struggle with strikeouts. He also struggled against breaking pitches. And can he figure out that spin at the big league level? But I do think that James Albin, I don't know about being an MVP, James, you can't strike strike me out, man, or anything like that. But I think the goal for James Altman just has to be, can I prove myself to be an everyday big league player for this Dodgers team. And if he can do that, that's going to go a long way for this team to really fortify that outfield. But I still think that this Dodgers team, they have their eyes on a couple center fielders out there, a couple outfielders out there because you address the Miguel Rojas situation with an infielder. I think they still plan on bringing in another outfielder, but we'll see because that strikeout rate was sky high for Outman, but he's a guy that hits the ball hard. I think his swing is going to translate to the big league level defensively. I don't think he's going to allow struggling at the plate affect his defense yeah. he's gonna go out there and play hard so he's gonna get an opportunity i just wonder how big of an opportunity it's not like he's gonna get that miguel vargas like runway that <laughs> yeah. we're gonna see but i definitely think he has the talent to, to contribute in a big way Yeah, he'll be a big contributor maybe a two three win player i don't see mvp in his immediate future but uh you know if he can hit if he can hit both sides you know both hands and 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 yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not even gonna try to buy my way into it I don't see an MVP future for the for the kid. Hopefully, quality major league player, maybe an Andre Ethier type player at his at his ceiling. But we got another one. Let's go, Cody. We got another super chat. Scott Strong for two bucks. He said, "Would Angels take Miller Bush, a combination of Miller and Bush for Shohei?" Beers like Miller Light and like Bush Light. No, hundred percent no, a thousand percent no. You need to add about six more players to that couple of major league talent uh, major league ready yeah. players or current big leaguers on on good uh good contracts but yeah Shohei Otani I mean, <laughs> I mean 
he's a guy who's very marketable. He's a guy that can, he's a great endorser, I think, for a lot of companies out there. But I think Shohei yeah. Otani is a guy that Perry Maniason, he's going to hang up the phone and cut the cord for a kind <laughs> of deal he, like why that. Why is he on a corded phone? That's how oh, they still it's operate. The it's the it's Angels. The Angels yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to probably include the Lakers' two first round picks and possibly Russell Westbrook's expiring contract. But no, I don't think that's enough to get it done. You're going to have to look at a deal similar to the Juan Soto deal where you're looking at multiple top five prospects. You're probably talking about Cartaya and Bobby Miller and then a third prospect, possibly some big league ready talent. I mean, the price of Shohei Otani is astronomical at the moment. And it should be. Absolutely. And so it's only going to get higher at the trade deadline unless like, you know, his arm falls off. Speaking of Cartaya, Swell and Sausage, 199 Super Chat. Thank you for the Super Chat. Woo! Swell and Sausage. He's, Them avocados. He said, uh, how <laughs> slow is Cartaya? No way he can play the outfield. No. no. Yeah, I, I mean, mean he's, he's a talented kid, and he could hit, but I think his future is as a backstop. You don't really want to move, you know, plus defenders or – I mean, you're the guy who talked to him. I just – I don't see an outfield. He's not – he's no Paul LaDuca. <laughs> yeah. Shout out – Shout out to Paula Duca, man. Over left Doing field, first base, Pauly. He was go. in the mix. Paula Duca, our guy. Yeah, I, I don't anticipate that at all. I think he's a guy that he's established himself as an elite catching prospect for a reason. He has struggled with blocking balls, especially balls in the dirt. His pop time, even though it is what it is, hasn't thrown out guys at an elite clip. But you would you want Cartaya because of what he can do at the plate. That prodigious power. He drives the ball. He lifts the ball. He hits the ball hard. But he did tell us that he did start playing third base. And he was pretty confident about him playing the hot corner. Also got some work in at first base last season. But he's another guy, too, where if his bat translates like a lot of scouts think it will, then you find a position for him. The most yes. important thing is not him playing catcher first or third or outfield field it's him being in that batter's box so as long as he can find a way to continue to hit and progress offensively I think he'll find a position defensively but mobility wise he doesn't seem like the guy that you're going to see profile as a guy that has that yeah. versatility yeah you, you've seen this I mean you've seen this in, in the past a lot in in, uh, in baseball I mean Victor Martinez was a big time guy came up as a catcher pretty good catcher not great pretty much became a full-time DH played a little bit of first uh, Carlos Santana pretty much moved to first base after tearing up his knee in his first, second season uh, with Cleveland after the big Casey Blake trade back in 2008. Uh, still, still one of the ones that sort of got away for Ned yeah. Coletti. But, uh, yeah, you don't need to stay there. If you can hit, you're going to play wherever the hell they uh, they need you or you 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 can find a way on the roster. And if he can find a way to turn himself into some sort of serviceable third baseman, that's just uh, – that. That that vastly improves his potential of staying in Dodger blue. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, we know that if you're going to play in this organization, if you want to stick, if you want to provide as much value, you learn to play other positions. You learn to, at the very least, play at a competent big league level. But I think if there is another position for Cartaya, it's absolutely first base. We saw Mike Piazza, of course, playing first base late in his career. The ca he's not going to be a guy that's going to vie for gold gloves. But like I said, you want him for uh, <laughs> you want him for what he can do with the bat. And I think he also comes down to how invested are the Dodgers in Will Smith. Do they you talk about a possible extension and you also talk about that designated hitter spot. Do they get a Shohei Otani? What does that do for the DH spot? Cause you got to leave that open for Shohei. And if you have Will Smith and Diego Cartaya in the same lineup on the same team, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's rich people problems, right? Yeah, it's a yeah, good yeah. problem to have, yeah. but yeah, it gets tricky. I'd hate, I'd hate to be us as they, uh, as they say, I think Richie Rich says we guarded these young players 
for this time now. It is time to shine. James Brown says Vargas and Outman, I believe, make the opening day roster. 100% Vargas. I'm not 100% sold yet on Outman. Uh, he very much can play his way on, but I, I think they'll find a way or find a reason to say he needs more, quote, seasoning uh, in the outfield. Noah very much wants to keep Mookie in right field, so you heard it here first. Uh, James Brown wants Muncie and CT3 to bounce back. That's a, a hugely uh, critical part of the success of this team and its ability to be uh, an 88-90 win team to a 97 win team or something like that, if those dudes can produce. Our friend Cooper Neal, uh, I forgot to put the backdrop on, but Cooper Neal, Good guy. Friend of the show. Blue Heaven, best way to end a Monday. Thank you. Everybody loves Mondays. Sarah's in the stream, checking in from the 307. She's late, but she's going to opening day this year. Yo. Big Sarah game. Morris also gave a dollar super chat. Oh, Sorry. awesome. That's the same. Are you talking about Sarah Morris? Yes. Sarah yes. Morris just gave us a dollar super chat. Thank, Thank you, you. Sarah. Woo, I'm Appreciate getting some more Sarah. cheese on my Whopper. <laughs> In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Whopper, 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 whopper. At BK. Oh, Nand Nando 390. Not a sponsor, we can't sing. Dropping a. Drop first time anybody on the internet has ever brought this up. Did you know the only way Mike Trout gets to the playoffs is by going to Eagles games? Oh, fly, Eagles, fly. I thought you were no. To say. When are you going to drop a Fly Eagles fly for us? What's going on? I thought I no, thought no, no, you got to right in front of the camera. I thought you were going to say Nando was going to drop uh, fire Dave Roberts, but we have Duncan Johns who says hire Dave Roberts. Hire Dave. Maybe he wants another team. Fly Eagles fly. Yeah, that's right, baby. He did it. Gang, gang. That's a man who pays his bets, and I respect that. Yeah. He didn't wear my hat. Racist. We got Scott who says Dodgers won't get Otani in free agency. Price is too high. Need to trade and use exclusive negotiation period to convince him. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the train I've been on, too, is that you definitely benefit from that, and that's why you would be willing to part ways with some of those top prospects and really gut your farm system. But, yeah, I think we're still a ways away for some clarity with the Shohei Otani situation. I think you're going to let the dust settle with Artie Moreno choosing to not pursue to sell the team, and we'll figure things out. So we got um, by Dave Roberts from Fire Extinguishers. That's from Ice Queen <laughs> 7. We got Mike Saldana over on YouTube who says, we will win 85 games. CT3 will end up on bench and Muncy will hit 30 bombs but hit 200 interesting i like those but i like the specific takes i respect yeah, yeah. that i mean 30 bombs out of Muncy, even with the 200 batting average with this i know you actually probably would take that based <laughs> on after last season because you're going to see those walks in there too yeah ct3 will end up on the bench yeah i mean he has to improve for sure and i'm 
Excited to see what a healthy CT3 does this season, but I digress. You see him a lot in left field. Ryan says Gavin Lux will have a great year, and that is a good jumping back in point because I said I wanted to talk about Gavin Lux. So for Andrew Friedman, in his talk, did focus about his shortstop, Mr. Gavin Lux, good friend of ours. Um in in you know part of the greater conversation about you know, all the younger dudes that are going to be helping Vargas you know types and of course Muncie staying around and all that kind of stuff uh the quote was uh, but some of these guys are going to be big parts of what we do in LA and I think Gavin Lux is a great example of that he came up as a shortstop extremely highly touted and last year we got to see how dynamic of a player he was he was really having a good year and and noted that something they mentioned last year how important Fre- Freddie Freeman was to Gavin Lux's growth as a major league hitter last year because you want to learn from a left-handed hitter as a left-handed hitter. Uh, somebody is, is a you know, league MVP when you can, like uh, Mr. Freddie Freeman. But, you know, he noted the injury very much set him back. So what we saw from most of first half Gavin Lux might be the truth. And second half was just an anomaly in that he was coming back from, you know, a little bevy of various nagging injuries. And... uh He's going back to his home position. There's a lot. There's the stock is is on the rise, man. To the moon for Gavin Lux, but um, yeah, you know, uh, to, he says we're excited about Luxie. We think he's going to be the middle of a lot of things for us going forward. And there's a lot to read there. Middle of the lineup, middle of the diamond. Thoughts on Lux? Give us some more thoughts on Lux. Yeah, I think the big thing with Gavin Lux next season is how does he juggle one continue to how continuing to progress as a hitter and also can I really be an everyday shortstop at the big league level? Because look, yes, he did have an above average season last year. He really was consistent early on. You saw him improve against breaking balls. You saw that bat speed that he's flashed. But I mean, last few months of the season, he really struggled. He had a 405 OPS and 37 at bats in September. Had a 308. Um, uh, OPS in October, even August really didn't fare very well as well. So I think for Gavin Lux is how does a healthy Gavin Lux look at the plate? Does he add a little slug? I mean, will slug be in the air next year for Gavin Lux? I think that is the big thing for me. And will he continue to prove his doubters wrong? And there's people that are out there saying, oh, he wasn't justifiably that top prospect in baseball, that he was a juice ball merchant from 2019. But I think I believe in Gavin Lux and I think that this organization organization fully backing him I think that's really important as well I'm not saying it's a make or break season for Lux because he still is an incredibly young player but I think if he shows early on that defensively he's not overthrowing balls remember this is a guy that dealt with the yips early on in his career and you're going in his arm it's you know a little below average of an arm but he plays the position with a lot of physicality he's strong I think he's a guy that wants to go out there and show that he can't get it done with the glove but at the same token it's like I would have rather have him have him had a healthy season last year where he's completely certified at the plate with the stick and then you learn to be an everyday shortstop whereas next year he still is trying to figure things out to be a consistent hitter and figure things out so there's a lot of pressure on Gavin Lux and just a lot of expectations for him next season so my big question is how does he handle it yeah and and you know one of the things another one of the things that that uh Friedman kind of you know, alluded to or mentioned is like he, he kind of rushed his way back from that injury, which does not play well, it, and especially somebody like Lux who can get into his head from time to time. I could see it affecting him. I could see him trying to rush back, not immediately getting the results, start to press, start to get into bad, uh, a bad habit. So um, he's been through enough. 
to uh, you, know, you said it's not really a make or break year in a way it is because this is a make or break year in whether or not you're going to be you know the uh, a star in this league you're going to be a, a, a bona fide true starter or you're going to be a, a ct3 guy who can sort of bounce around um probably play for a lot of different clubs potentially in the future you know this this is a very important year because this is year five of big league time at least not not obviously five years straight but yeah and i think you bring up an important point there clint i think <laughs> clint's counting hey you're five so you're five but yeah i think you bring up an Math. important uh, an important point there how does he handle it mentally how does yeah. he handle this transition because let's be honest these are big shoes to fill you go from Corey seager to trey turner to gavin lux look what we saw in houston you go from carlos correa to jeremy pena will he be more of a pena guy i'm not saying he's going to win world series mvp or anything like that but can he truly emerge as the star that we all thought he was capable of being back when he stepped onto the scene i mean youngest dodger i mean he hits a home run already in that national series back in 20 2019 so he's a guy that i think is built for this but we're gonna have to see and also i wanted to know too is how does he handle is it going to be a competition with miguel rojas is rojas just there to kind of mentor him is he going to be hot on his heels and to me i think gavilux a guy that could benefit from the competition element but yes. i want to see it more as if you truly believe he's the guy have miguel rojas nurture him and really give him that tutelage give him that confidence and really show him how to play that position at the big league level but uh yeah i'd be lying to you if uh i didn't have my doubts at times knowing yeah. that you have that inexperience and on a, on a world series aspirations you know the club yeah <laughs> uh you know miguel rojas in, a, in an interview uh you know with his uh, john boy podcast he mentioned miguel vargas called him he reached out to him he's like hey i want to work i want i need some help on defense around the diamond miguel rojas is a dude you you want to talk to about that yeah i'd love to see i'd love to hear about gavin lux calling this dude and be like hey i need to be like a beast at short like you can we work on some things can you help me can you give me some tips all that kind of stuff we don't know if that's happening but still uh could be but anyways there's a whole bunch of infield thoughts if you were going to name your your opening day infield starters right now you don't need to put them in a batting order but just who's who's your starting uh four around the diamond assuming i guess really it's second short and third we already know we already know just say it i want to say it out loud give me your infield yeah, I think, look, if Miguel Rojas was healthy, maybe you see him at short, maybe you see Gavin Lux back at second base, Ooh, Freddie at first, and Max Muncy at third. But I think the way it's trending, you look at that outfield, the way it's lined up, they want to give Miguel Vargas an opportunity early on. I do think you're probably going to see him at second base as it stands right now with Freddie at first, Lux at short, and Muncy at third. But something tells me that we have such a long way to go. I think they are going to make some tweaks to this roster that I really highly doubt that's your opening day your opening day starting infield so yeah i, I still think that they're going to make some changes so we'll see i want to see that on instagram tomorrow <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> uh moving on let's get into some comments here doom underscore south the spring training meetup with dodgers nation this year let's go where, where are we going to meet up you know hey. I mean, we're going to be pretty close to top golf over there by like glendale that yeah. guy's like that guy's like golf let's golf it up you ever seen a grown man naked <laughs> <laughs> Swell and Sauce says, please don't trade Bobby Miller. He's an ace in the making, plus plus stuff. Uh I hope he's an ace. I think I think bullpen it could be a thing. Ice Queen Seven says, let the kids play. They need to get the experience to prove themselves. Let's go, Dodgers. Um hundred percent. You gotta get experience to get better. He says XP, so you gotta go gain your experience points. And then you also gotta gather gold <laughs> so you can trade them for wares when you go into a town. 
<laughs> That's how it works in Major League Baseball. <laughs> that is exactly. Uh, Sarah likes Gavin Lux's range. I mean, that is going to be plus, you know. When uh, we were entering the trade Turner era, I think we all thought we were going to get a better brand of shortstop after after uh, Corey Seager left. I wasn't overly impressed. Better than I can do at shortstop, but that ain't saying much. No, yeah, you're absolutely you right. I mean, his strengths are definitely his athleticism, his <laughs> range, his ability to get to balls. But my question is that first time when maybe he makes a bad throw and he gets that look on his face and then maybe has an 0 for 3 slump. But he's a guy that definitely kind of rides those waves of emotion a little bit as all young players do. But I do think the big thing this year is just giving him all the opportunities to do that and really just giving him the confidence early on. So he definitely has the skills to get it done. Let's not forget, people are acting like he's making this dramatic pitch change. Always get people like, D-Mac, I mean, can you believe yeah. he's playing shortstop? He's a second baseman. No, he yeah. came up as a shortstop. Yeah. That is his natural position. And the reality is there's not any big names out there and the trade market for shortstops is non-existent at the moment. So they made the trade for Miguel Rojas for a reason. And I think Gavin Lux is the upside pick, but the, you know they always have that to fall back. And I think too, that'll give Lux take a little pressure off of Lux as well, knowing you do have that safety net of Miguel Rojas that can not only play that position, but can play it at a an elite level, at a premium yeah. level. So I think that's going to help his confidence as well. You know what's going to help our confidence? Cody. Oh my goodness. Holy Wow. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, we have a big, big <laughs> super chat. A special, special, special super chat. <laughs> We have Mr. Rasa Jr. 23 who donated to me last week, so thank you for that again. But he gave a hundred dollars, and the message he said, "Happy birthday, D Mac, go Dodgers!" Thank you so much, Mr. Rasa wow, Jr. 23. Wow, unbelievable! Now you got to more birthdays. I, hey, yeah, man, we have birthday 365 days a year. You, I got the, we got the richest fans, man. I like yeah, it. You guys are. This is uh, you guys are is, the best, man. This is absurdity. I'm Appreciate. I'm, I'm getting emotional here. <laughs> means a lot. Freddie and Atlanta. This is yeah, this is insane. I mean, uh, thank you to MH for every all all the donations MH dropped. Everybody dropping something in here today that has Doom Sal through 20 bucks our way, uh, Doug's way. I mean, man, at this point right, I might yeah, just buy Scott, the Dodgers. Uh, no, appreciate you guys. This is, uh, this is incredible. Team. You guys make us uh make us all tingly in our hearts and you know, make uh make our right hand a little numb here and there. So anyways, <laughs> Mike Saldana says he might he must have got his stimulus. <laughs> got like that, that stimmy. Hey, hey, if you guys are doing all this giving, now I'm going to do some giving cuz I mentioned the last couple of weeks we have a hat to give away. Dodgers Nation teaming up with Dodgers Nation to give away a ball cap to one lucky winner who Played who entered the game over at DodgersNation.com slash giveaways, and they entered, and that winner is drumroll of a brand new Dodgers New Era baseball cap just in time for Fan Fest, just in time for spring training, because shipping and time is a thing. Alex Kawaguchi of Stockton, California, you have won a hat. We will be reaching out to you. You have 48 hours to return the email after we send it, or if not, I'm going to throw the hat in the wood chipper and I'm going to put it on the internet and people are going to make fun of you. But thank you for playing. Thank you for everybody who did participate in the giveaway. we got another one coming up next week, so stay tuned. Probably going to do something bigger and better because we got all the Super Chat money. And you don't get I'm not going to let you keep all of that. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's for me, right? It's our birthday. Jeez. It is our birthday. Uh, but again, appreciate you guys. Subscribe on YouTube to stay tuned for uh, the next giveaway. It's going to be big. Maybe Doug will do it pantsless. You don't even know if he's wearing pants right now. Hey there. 
Hey now. Please keep your pants on. New era, damn. <sighs> Speaking of getting screwed, hey, umpires refing and officiating has been a little sus around the league. Now, Cody, I wanted to turn the floor over to you on this a bit because, I, you know, if I start it, I'm going to get upset one way. If Doug starts it, he's going to get upset one way. So you get us both upset. So. Obviously, I feel like this is a big topic in all of sports right now just yeah. because of the as nature we, as of... As we see LeBron on the TV. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron is in the TV right here. Um, this past weekend, we had two big officiating mistakes, quote-unquote, whoever you're rooting for. <laughs> so the first one was on Friday <laughs> night. If you're a big Lakers fan, uh, subscribe to Lakers 248. Thank you very much. <laughs> also, LeBron had a huge non-call at the end of regulation that should have been called a foul and that could have possibly... Um, Got in the Lakers the win. And then on Championship Sunday, NFL, there were two two games, and there were a lot of officiating mistakes, quote-unquote, quote yet unquote. again. Yeah. I'm not going to say that they were mistakes or not mistakes. That is for you, you know, guys. I say mistake, somebody not throwing a flag yeah, in time. But anyways. This, I feel like this sparks a conversation for the MLB is definitely ahead in the sense that robo-umps are coming. There's going to be an automated strike zone system. In AAA. Yeah, in AAA. Yeah. And um, obviously, it's they're hinting towards, you know, moving it towards the majors eventually. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys about uh, ask you guys about this just because of the mistakes that ha- were happening in officiating. Do you want robo-umps now? Because the whole situation is, you know, a lot of it is human bias, a lot of human error. If you take robo-umps, you take robo, uh, robot officiating, it obviously eliminates all the human errors, all the human bias, and all the human mistakes. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. We go first. I mean, the, I'm the very. Big, it's a big conversation, obviously, because special you know, day here. I really want to hear Doug's special. take because I just want to yell at you after the fact. Look, I mean, it's no secret. There's been more more missed calls, more drop calls than AT and T in the last few years with Major League Baseball. The umpiring has been atrocious, and I think when you look at it, I'm a little <laughs> conflicted. I'll be honest, I am a little conflicted because yes, the human element it does make the game a little more interesting, but at the same token, the human element that I care about is the athletes, and I didn't pay. I didn't pay all my super chat money to go watch umpires umpire a game. I paid them to make the right calls. And the reality is that more often than not, they're wrong in key situations. So am I in favor of robo umping? I am. Although I could get behind the idea of maybe having a challenge situation just to kind of warm it up. But I mean, just look at tennis. I mean, in tennis, they've had it since the seventies, really when they started ruling out the line judges and it works in tennis. I think it could work in major league baseball and look, you can't, bribe a robo ump so look like the padres did in the nlds and also look i mean i just think the thing is too look like i do the breakdowns you know i do all the breakdowns i mean yeah, yeah. i mean you're the originator of all breakdowns yeah, I mean, yeah right yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. yeah exactly um <laughs> john boy just shout out but no i mean look <laughs> Will the, will the robo-umps have an eject button on them? I mean, how will they be able to eject <laughs> managers if they come out and yell at them? I think that we will. I mean, think about Tommy Lasorda, all those fiery incidents yeah. and this and that. You definitely like that about Major League Baseball. But at the end of the day, you want to get the calls right. And I think that it's going to make the game go smoother. Also, you want to see progress. And I also think, too, we talk about a catcher like Diego Cartaya. How would Diego Cartaya, a guy that's working on his framing, benefit from an automated strike zone? So it's going to take some of the value 
off of catchers that are good at framing too. So it's a really nuanced issue, but at the end of the day, I am for it, but I would like to see a robo-umping situation with challenges before we go full-blown robo-ump. I never want to see full-blown robo-ump. I was thinking more about this because um, I know I know robo-umps are coming to, to AAA this year, and that's going to be... It's going to be a pretty seismic change. You know, obviously they keep stepping things up through the minor leagues to see if it makes sense in in Major League Baseball. And so far, it seems like everything kind of has. You know, we had one version of the pitch clock. Didn't really bother anybody. I think that the bigger bases are going to be stupid for a while next year. The band shift. It's like, eh, I'm I'm indifferent about that. I'd rather just, uh, you know, leave base. You know, if a team is is taking that much time to scout and and whatever you know put that effort into getting that much of an advantage over their team uh i i would prefer that uh you know leave it alone but anyways uh, uh, the problem at hand or the question at hand or the uh topic at hand i i agree with you on challenges and i think it needs to be quick and seamless i think you know uh umpires need to have the the jose altuve buzzer or or vibrating butt plug up their butts to (laughs) to make sure uh you know it's we saw in one of the leagues like you know they uh, or some video some viral video a couple months ago it's like hey i'm challenging that call like a quick tap but but there also kind of needs to be a limit and that's 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 hard because you shouldn't be able to challenge everything there on balls and strikes there is there is excitement uh about a missed call or whatever like it does change the game it makes it more um you know i don't know about provocative but it makes it more no, I, enticing it's exciting to to be able to get everybody see everybody getting together on social media and yelling about stuff that's fun yeah, like no, i would prefer a game be called right but you know what that's boring <laughs> yeah i mean look baseball doesn't baseball has been a successful sport in a lot of ways because of the, all the things that happen in between the play, right? I mean, it's kind of a soap opera at times. It gives some people something to complain about, something to yell about. And look, as long as the robot doesn't have an Angel Hernandez setting, I'm okay with that. And I definitely <laughs> wanted to see it as a part of the game. But I think you do, do definitely lose something when you lose that human element. I mean, when you watch a game and you really watch for the first inning, you see how this umpire has established that strike zone, how it's changed. And I think mm-hmm. that really a good team, they understand like, okay, well, uh, hopefully they're consistent. I mean, they're consistent on both sides. But also, I want to point out, too, I mean, there's a lot of people in this world, as long as you get the very best umpires, I think the issue I have is Major League Baseball basically not um, taking taking basic accountability for these umpires that don't do a good job. I mean, just look at Game 2 of the World Series. Pat Hoberg had a perfect game, and if one guy can do it, the other guys out there can. So I think that you really, when it comes to positioning, there's a lot of elements in the game that look, I mean, some people talked about maybe having the umpire in front of the catcher behind the pitcher, like it was way, way back in the day. I'm not saying I'm for that, but I think there's other creative solutions that you can get to before going full blown Terminator to <laughs> robo ump action. Although, like I said, I definitely think that you should get a certain amount of challenges during the game. And then also too, I think that when you evaluate these umpires, you use that same technology. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not quite there yet, but it definitely is something that Major League Baseball has to address because you've made all these other changes. So that really is kind of the yeah. last thing they need there, to perfect. There are also just so many changes, and people hate changing. You get more people who who send us emails or get into the, the DMs or get into the comments where they're complaining about, all these changes happening. This is not the game I grew up playing or watching. I'm never going to watch another Dodgers game again. Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, robo-umps, and then yeah, every time nobody really cares after 
after a couple of months, you know, change is so um, annoying and offensive, but then we just get that becomes the new status quo. Um, I don't know. I'm a little lost in my thoughts there because I know Cody's got something. I got to actually add. question for you guys. So you just talked about it. So you talked about how, like, I think Doug brought it up, like in that first inning, you kind of figure out the ump, like if in the human ump, he yeah. kind of paints the strike zones for you. If the robo ump were to be implemented, and you know they, it's an automated strike zone, do you really think that? I mean, obviously it will, but how big of a change do you think that would be for pitchers to kind of have to like learn to pitch in an automated zone, pretty much? Do you think that changes pitching a lot, or you know? I mean, it shouldn't, because you want to be uh, as a pitcher, you yeah, want to be yeah. in the zone, or you also want to be able to know when you're when you're out of the zone. Uh, I think any pitcher would just argue for consistency. Um, if it's going to be a wide zone, keep it a wide zone. If it's going to be a, a tight zone, keep it that way. And, and teams will say, hey, let's keep it as even as possible as well. Um, I mean, those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think that absolutely is going to be a big adjustment for all players, hitters and pitchers. But I think specifically for the Dodgers, they're one of the best in the game at not expanding the strike zone at their play discipline. So they're impacted heavily by these missed calls that are on the black, these borderline strikes and balls. And you train these hitters to not chase outside of the zone. But when they're calling that as a strike, it really hurts the Dodgers. It's hurt them multiple times in the NLDS against the Padres. If you look at some of the at-bats that they had. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, everyone wants to just get it right and like I said you didn't pay 35 50 100 dollars to go watch an umpire umpire game and sometimes you <laughs> definitely get that vibe when you see Angel yeah. Hernandez like oh you guys came to watch me no I came to watch world-class athletes I came to watch Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and yeah. Or, or you know, like the Laker game we were talking about, how this how this opened. You know, Braun should have gotten a foul. It should have made a difference. He makes you know a couple free throws. You got a different ball game. You got a different outcome. Uh, yeah. If it's if it's a, a call that completely changes the complexion of a game, <laughs> yeah. um, you need to be able to challenge it in some way. And and officiating uh, the officials in, in all leagues need to be held more accountable, whether that's, you know, zapping butt here. plug and go back to the butt plugs <laughs> or, <laughs> or, you know, like, um, fines, heavy fines or something like that. If, if they're more, um, held accountable and not just, you know, protected by their unions, then something more substantial can come out of it. Maybe they want to get better. Maybe they do their homework and sit up in the hotel room at night watching more games or whatever. We could have more Pat Hobergs and fewer Angel Hernandez. Absolutely. Yeah, if the players want this, then I'm all for it. I want what the players want in this situation. It is their game. They're the game they have to play. By the same token, it's like it is a slippery slope. It's like, okay, we're going to have robotic players now. Just watch MLB The Show simulated games. We're going to have robot <laughs> podcasters now. We're going to have a robot producer in Cody. I mean, it's a slippery slope low but i do think that at the end of the day it's going to benefit the game it's been long overdue i mentioned the the tennis example i mean they're working on that in the 50s and i kind of like seeing the replay of the tennis ball when you see it on the line and there is no debate and you still have someone sitting up there on that chair it's like a lifeguard chair in the middle of the tennis court or whatever the you hell really that is you really want to go to the tennis route don't you i do i, I kind of want i mean i can i can imagine what you know when we watch a when we watch the replay and they show the replay in the the everything and, and we're like yeah. okay that was clearly and i you know did a screenshot yeah. and this and that but really one of the issues too is how inaccurate television is in showing the automated strike zone how that throws people off and that yeah. when you screenshot that you look at how the strike zone is established that really is what really pisses people off but at the end of the day like i said it really definitely impacts the 
the Dodgers more than any team out there because of how they're trained. <laughs> we watch them. We watch them. And also, I mean, look at these these pitchers. I mean, the, the Max Muncy's, I mean, Justin Turner, I mean, their uncanny ability to lay out pitches that are right outside of the zone. Mm -hmm. If that's going for a ball every single time, the Dodgers' walk rates are going to go up. They're going to get more men on base. They're going to score more runs. But also would love to ask someone like Austin Barnes, hey, A.B., you just signed that nice little extension. One of the reasons why, you're able to get that strike yeah, zone yeah. at the bottom of the zone. I imagine the, the union, the players' union, yeah. does not want robot umps because that is, that is a, a critical part of MLB catchers being able to get some more money in that pocket. Yeah, no, but, for sure. My, you know, my theory I had for a while, Clint, was that the Angel Hernandez owned the Robo Ump technology, and that's why he intentionally umpires so poorly because he wants that to become uh, the standard. I don't I mean, don't. I don't that's know, my tinfoil theory of the week. But we got some, uh, we some, got some really good comments. Really good in comments. Here, guys. Check you them right here in between us. Oh wow! Look at this, guys! Great, Look, we're great. getting robot. Oh, that's, that's not even not that. Even there. <laughs> uh, we got um, we got the ice. We got uh, ice queen. Uh, we got? got the ice queen. He says, "What if the Astros implement the cheat virus to corrupt the Robo's strike zone?" I like that. That's what I was thinking. What again? if somebody hacks oh, into they will. the robots? They will. Yeah. Like and, the Dodgers are gonna hire. Sorry, not the Dodgers because we don't cheat. Astros. Astros, what if they hire somebody to, like, you know, hack the system? Codebreaker 2.0. Codebreaker, yeah. I mean, Sarah says, I think RoboUmps will help the pitchers. I mean, again, if you get into the consistency, yeah, it's absolutely going to benefit a pitcher because major league pitchers, unlike AAA pitchers, should be able to mostly hit their spots at will, which is the catcher of the Dodgers. Uh, a lot of people are very concerned about the, you know, going away from, getting away from, Fights with oh. uh, with umpires and all that. It says, "Who will managers cuss at?" Ray asked that. Um, you know, people. You know, there, there is Angel Hernandez's greatest show in baseball. Man, there is something to. But we know way too many umpires' names, and that is an issue. Yeah. We shouldn't know any of their names. Yeah. None of them. A whole they bunch of them are retired. This, they are. Yeah, like 10 of them. Yeah, Joe umpire. West is out. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are gone. We got, this is, I, I love you, whoever whoever uh, asked this, but I disagree with this take more than any table I've ever seen on the show. Angel Hernandez is the greatest umpire in Major League Baseball. Greatest show on earth. LOL. <laughs> I like Jet Blackberry. Gabe Kapler, Kapler getting all hot and bothered by uh, with the umpires is pretty exciting, though. Yeah, we'll see if you were that. That Roy then, Rage flares up. <laughs> we don't see that many, uh, you know, Bobby Coxes anymore anyway. That's true. That you really haven't seen that element of the game. Too many nice guys. Yeah. Too many nice guy managers. Yeah, we yeah. need them to go out. Yeah, I'm waiting for the first time that a robot ejects. I mean, like I said, do they have a an ejector button where they have like a red siren goes off where a manager gets ejected? I mean, yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes because it definitely feels like they're heading in that direction. But it does feel like Clint. It's one of those situations where you're like, kind of be careful what you wish for. Because, like you said, what makes baseball really special is all the mundane things that happen in the course of a season. It's not like the NFL where you blink and the season's over. You, there's a lot of things that happen in between games that are the most discussed parts of yeah. a game. So. I don't know. I kind of like the the old umpire kicking the dirt all around the Sparky <laughs> Anderson types. One of the worst things that ever happened to baseball was them putting that little box on the TV. Exactly. Because then everybody's like, oh, these umpires are terrible. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, probably. They're probably as bad as they were back in the day. As long as they're not Little League umps where it's like 14 feet outside. And they're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Kids throwing their shit on the ground. Hell yeah. But it's going to be a fun, exciting year of MLB umpires getting their possibly last opportunity to not have a buzzer up there. <laughs> so I'm really Boo. going. I'm Boo. really going. That's where yes, Rob Manfred owes us this. He, he absolutely does. All right, we're 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 uh, we're doing what we usually do. 
Yeah, it was supposed to be a nice, tight show. We're having a good Pretty time. Tight. People giving Doug all this great birthday money. So if you haven't yet, go ahead and feel free. Let's go. Super chat on YouTube. Making a bid for but, the angels. Uh, for sale? <laughs> no, you got to go to halostoday.com to find out more about that. <laughs> uh, well, we wanted to talk today a little bit about opening day starter, because why not? Really, there are two natural options for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I know earlier today we ran a poll on our Dodgers Nation Twitter. It's really between Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias. The fans, 65.1% as of right now, nearly 3,000 votes. We got 17 hours left as of the time we are live. Want Julio. 65% of fans want Julio. I think you're you're on the Julio side of things, aren't you? Are you more of a Kershaw opening day? This, I'm actually on the Kershaw. I'm a, uh, uh, Kershaw. 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 Yeah. I mean, yeah, there man. is no wrong answer. <laughs> there is no wrong answer, really, not. because last year we saw them essentially pass the torch to Walker Buehler, who was the and opening day happened. starter. And that's what I was saying is, look, it's almost like there's the Madden curse. You have the Dodgers opening day starter curse. We saw what happened in 2021 with, with, with last year with Walker Buehler in 2022. He ends up getting TJ 2021. Clayton Kershaw. Opening day started. We saw how his season ends. But I think the big thing for me with Clayton Kershaw is that you have to give him his roses. And we don't know if it's going to be a farewell tour. But just one last yeah. time, I want to know because, Clint, it's, an, it's a home game. It's April 30th, yes. 730. March. Uh, March 30th. 30, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. March 30th. Arizona Diamondbacks at home. Just one last time, I want to hashtag Kershaw Day on opening day. Look, it just doesn't mean that oh, because he's an opening day starter, he's the best pitcher on the team. He's the ace of the staff. We know at this point, yes. Julio Urias is the best starting pitcher on the Dodgers, but Clayton Kershaw is still one of the top. 15 pitchers in the league went healthy, and this could be his last year in Dodger Blue. He's already made nine opening day starts. Yeah, He's been fantastic yeah, on opening day. Extend his lead, get it to 10. There's a lot There's a lot of reasons, a lot of symbolism to, or symbolic reasons, and, and um, I guess legacy reasons why you'd want him to start for sure. Because it is the 10th time, could be his last year. If he's healthy, I think he is going to be the opening day starter. But on the other hand, you know, Julio's kind of you know, like the quiet, the guy now um, keeps getting robbed of, of all-star births get getting robbed of, of Cy Young love and consideration. Um, you you kind of want to make good with them as best as you can too. Cause this is a walk year, not only for Clayton Kershaw again, but it is for Mr. Julio Urias, who is, as they uh, say, Scott Boris client. And as they say, Scott Boris is kind of a, he likes he likes money. He likes a lot of money. <laughs> he definitely does. He's kind of a he's kind of a douche. Yeah. You know what's funny is I was actually thinking about that on the flip side is that, yeah, yeah you definitely want to make him happy, Julio Urias, but on the same token, too, when you make your guy your opening day starter, you're telling the rest of the league that's the ace of the staff. And Scott Boris, he takes that and he says, oh, yeah, yeah. Julio Urias <laughs> is the ace of the Los number Angeles five Dodgers. Starter, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you start Julio as number four or five back end of rotation. In the, he's in the bullpen. Yeah, and they're like, hey, what? He's a role player. No, but uh, no, I think that the most important thing is, look, I, I'm firm. I mean, look, I remember I was one of the first guys to see 
uh, to say that Clayton Kershaw should have started the All-Star game. And I heard all you guys on Twitter, Tony Gonsolin, the cat man, this is his year. He deserves to have it. I had, no. the, I had the three Marlins fans that are on planet Earth tell me it was Sandy <laughs> Alcantara to do it. But I said, no, Clayton Kershaw, he gets that one opportunity at home at Dodger Stadium. And that's what ultimately happened. I think the biggest factor, too, is Dave Roberts. And Dave Roberts realizes the gravity of the situation, how special it would be. It would be a special day at Dodger Stadium if Clayton Kershaw made that opening day start. And also, he's been fantastic in his career on opening day, a 5-1 record with a one uh, with a with a one eight eight ERA and 57 and two-thirds innings pitch. So he has been successful. Also, yep. probably my favorite Dodgers moment, at least top 10 Dodgers' favorite regular season moments. It has to be that home run on opening day. I mean, that was special back well, in 2013. We won't see that one again, but still. <laughs> we won't see that one again. Maybe, I mean, it was, it was pretty awesome to see him do that off Contos, and he puts the Dodgers ahead, and it was just a, a virtuoso performance. So I think the... I think it really is tell I think I think want to see Clay and Kershaw opening day one last time we saw 2020 was supposed to start and that back started barking was Dustin May and yeah, yeah. there's just something different about opening day man you got the bunting and the outfield <laughs> wall the red white and blue yeah, but it, it, the same, you know, getting uh, or expanding on, you know, the the it being sort of just just symbolic or whatever it's like opening day starter grand scheme of 162 games plus however many more in the postseason opening day starter doesn't mean shit. Your opening day roster doesn't mean shit. The opening day lineup don't mean nothing. <laughs> I got you. You baited me you on that ready. one. You yeah. baited, uh, you baited yeah. me. You, you baited. <laughs> I disagree. Hey, you can disagree. Tell me why you disagree in the comments below. Because, okay, what is the biggest regular season game of the year? It's always opening Jackie day. Jackie Robinson day. Oh, there's there's a couple of these tent pole days throughout the year. Of course, Jackie Robinson day. There's so many significant days, but there's nothing like opening day. Opening day is it better. Is, it's the best Baseball opening holiday. day is better than NFL's opening day. Is better than opening night in the NBA. Baseball has the best first day of their sport, and Clayton Kershaw has been a tradition. Kershaw Day on opening day, I mean, you get it to 10, to double digits. Like I said, I think Kershaw's at the point of his career where he's soaking this stuff in. He's actually embracing it a little more than he was earlier in his career. Yes. And like I said, we got to almost have just an unofficial an unofficial Kershaw farewell tour just in case. Just in case. Just in case he goes to the Rangers. Like I said, if we have to bring Dallas to L.A. so he re-signs with the Dodgers and retires the Dodgers, will do that but yeah i think i want to see clay and kershaw there's no slight against julio urias at all julio urias you guys know i coined i dubbed him the urias for a reason i'm glad he is that guy but i don't think i think it's almost situation too remember the 2003 all-star game with michael jordan vince carter vince carter he was originally supposed to be the starter and vince carter said no mj you could be the starter. Mm -hmm. I almost think it's that situation where I don't think Julio would have an ego about it. I think that if it came down to that, but also too, I mean, I don't necessarily believe this will be Kirsch's last year, but uh, give yeah. me Kirsch on opening day. Mike Saldana talking about that. It's, uh, I'm sure Julio won't mind giving Kershaw the nod. It's good. That's a really good point on there. You know, the same way we've heard so much about uh, Clayton and Walker's relationship in that regard. You know, Julio is kind of right there with Walker. He's been around Kershaw longer. Sure, he was hurt and all that kind of stuff, but he, uh, Julio very much understands the, the gravity of Clayton Kershaw and what he means to this organization, to the city, to opening day. Getting to 10 is, is pretty damn important. Like, yeah, if you want to win a game, you're, it's not a bad decision. Um, if Kershaw is healthy, like I said, I think it goes that way. Uh, he will be pitching in the World Baseball Classic. That could factor. be a little bit of a concern. Then again, both of them will be. So um, I want to see Kershaw, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, 
I can't. I can't lean all the way into the Julio thing because I'd just be lying to myself. Doug's a big uh, Christianity. Yeah, believer. yeah, yeah. He celebrates Christianity. Christianity. Every, uh, what is on that? The eight a, day, on the eighth day, God made Kershaw for sure. Kershaw, Christianity. But yeah, I mean, for sure, Bobby Miller's gonna get the nod. I mean, yeah, no Mr. Qu- Rasa Junior. Twenty three says no one Roberts. He'll have a bullpen game for the season. <laughs> bullpen game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I let's go. Uh, Alex Vesia starts because they're going to have a, a tough lefty at the top of the lineup. Uh, I don't know if they have any tough land- left-handed hitters there in Arizona or any tough hitters, to be honest. Uh, or I, I had put in my notes Ryan Pepio because you know he's a two-time friend of the show. He's got to be there. If he gets, if he gets the three-time, though, when we do get him to three-time in, in Arizona, I'm a little scared because that all but guarantees that he's going to be trade traded. That happens with everybody who's a, a firm friend of Blue Heaven. The, the, they get traded or they get canceled. No one's going to go on the show anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's definitely going to come. To, I think it's, I think, you know what, though? I think last year, though, like I said, passing the baton to Walker Bueller, Julio Urias would also be great as well. But I'm hoping Julio, we can see five, six years of Julio Urias as the opening day starter next season when he starts really his era with hopefully after he resigns with the Dodgers or when he resigns, when he signs with the Padres. Yeah. Mike, Mike says, uh, no way Julio leaves. I'd be stroking. Friend of the show says uh, Julio deserves that payday. Grassman lawn care. Grassman lawn care. There's your, uh, there's your promotion. Uh, says this, this will be Julio's last year. You know, I heard in an upcoming roundtable, 100%. Fact, Julio Urias will be a Dodger in 2024. It's the Julio, Julio Urias era. Era, yes, 100%. Michael says, client, let Dougie Fresh talk. Doug talks a lot. What? Either way, so you're good. <laughs> uh, Dustin May, I, I'm your uncle from Grassman Lawn Care. Okay, interesting. Thank you. Josh says, congrats on your Eagles, Clint. That's right. Fly, Eagles, Eagles fly. fly. On our way. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm your <laughs> uncle. Thank you, Grassman. Appreciate you, Uncle Grassman. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, appreciate you guys. Mike, sit down and throw it in one more time. We got Kirsch, Urias, Noah Syndergaard, Dustin May, Ryan Pepio. No love for the Catman. Yikes. 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 Also yeah. a two-time friend of the show, so he can't Uh-oh. be on again or else he's going to get traded. All right. Before we go, I wanted to just dick around and have some fun, Beep, uh, with... February bold predictions. We're about to get into February because that is on Wednesday. Uh, we got B- Dodger baseball like what less than or just over two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, balls are in the air, as Doug said earlier in the show, in so <laughs> many words. I want a bold prediction from you in any way, shape, or form. What happens in February between now? And pitchers and catchers reporting, or you know, through the first week of games uh, at, at Camelback in the Cactus League season, you know, what do you think? Anything going down? Anything yeah. exciting? Yeah, I think the Dodgers absolutely trade for Brian Reynolds. No, no, I'm just playing. Um, I mean, it doesn't need to be a trade. <laughs> yeah. It can be you breaking know, news. Will Smith decides to you know, I don't know, go golf. <laughs> well, I found it very interesting. Bold. Then you told me about Ken Rosenthal, what he said, that if the right move is there, the Dodgers are going to continue to add salary. And I think that, yes, they do want to add another piece. And I, I've, I've been talked a lot about Max Kepler as an option that I really like if the Dodgers want to add another outfielder that won't cost too much. The thing about Brian Reynolds is it's going to require a Sheik's ransom to get him in L.A. at this point. I don't think the Dodgers want to deal with that at this point when they don't know what they still have in Trace Thompson and what they possibly could have in James Outman. But if you want to add a guy like a Max 
Max Kepler, a guy that he had 36 bombs in 2019. Defensively, still grades out as one of the top defenders in the outfield in the league. Also, if you look at his stat cast metrics, I mean, there's more red than a murder scene. I mean, he <laughs> hits the ball hard. If you look at Max exit velocity, those are the kind of things that this Dodger team looks at. Doesn't strike out a lot. The walk rate is nice. And I also think that he's a guy, too, if you look at the ban on the restriction, he's in the top 10 to 15 players that are going to benefit from that ban as mm -hmm. well. So I know the Dodgers are considering that. I'm not saying they're going to go out there and make a trade because I truly believe that development is something that they're completely in on. I definitely think they want to see can Altman have a standout spring and can he be such a significantly cheaper version of Cody Bellinger. But I do think that I don't anticipate them making a trade for another infielder. Miguel Rojas was the guy that was going to serve that role. Mm -hmm. A starting pitcher, I mean, could they go out there and get crazy and maybe a Shane Bieber or a Corbin Burns? It's still too early for those trades because the reality is with the expanded postseason, if you talk to people, if you read stuff, I mean, there's just not a trade market that has developed. And we know, like you always allude to, that is when Andrew Friedman likes to do his work. I mean, last year you got Freddie Freeman dun, in March. Dun, that's when you play the Jaws dun, theme. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he jumps in. And that's also, shark fin right there. I mean, look, I think if they could add another arm that, I mean, last year, what do we hear? They want to go closer by committee. And then when Kimbrell became available, they traded AJ Pollock for Kimbrell deep into spring training because Kimbrough's they wanted guys. a clear closer's role. Liam Hendricks is a guy that we know. He still has two years, $27 million left on his contract, has a $15 million club option at the end. Strikeout rate, 36.2% last year. Still had a really nice season, but you don't see this team paying that much of a premium for a reliever yeah. like that that has started to yeah. tail off. So. Yeah, plus, you know, he's, he's dealing with cancer right now lymphoma that's that's kind of a it's kind of a big thing for him it is lymphoma right yeah yeah i know i know all the things going on with liam Hendricks. um yeah. mike saldana uh, saldana says uh add michael walker i don't see that one happening you know i was gonna be bold and just dick around for the sake of uh being wrong i was gonna say like you said you know they didn't sign freddie freeman until march last year which is wild who would who would ever thought i thought they could have got that done in february or january there was a lockout. It's going to be thought otherwise. It would be really stupid. Um, the Mookie Betts trade happened when? In February. They signed some other now DFA'd pitcher in February. Andrew Friedman loves making his moves in February. But he, they have been so steadfast and so consistent in saying the same thing about the roster, about the youth movement, about the kids playing a huge role this offseason so my big prediction is my bold prediction is andrew for once doesn't do anything major in february leading into to spring training or, or going through the first couple of weeks but like barring a major injury where they need to go make some sort of move which even if that happened i don't think they need to go make a move because like say will smith gets hurt in wbc oh well, diego cartaya it's gonna be your time to potentially be the backup or my boy Hamlet Marte. This guy knows what I'm talking about. Um, you know, if Lux gets hurt, you got Miguel Rojas. If Vargas gets hurt, you got Miguel Rojas. You got some options. So I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything. 
Yeah, I um, in lockstep with you on that. I completely agree with you. I think if you look at this team's floor right now, the roster they have assembled, they are easily going to roll out of bed and win 90-plus games, in my opinion. It's just about taking that next step and going to that other tier. And I think, too, you don't want to ship off your – you don't want to trade in all your chips. You don't want to cash in on your chips when it's Shohei Otani, even if there's a slim chance that he becomes available or some better players that are out there. And the the prospect capital that we require to pull off a Brian Reynolds trade, who, yes, he did – definitely did request a trade. He's a guy who's still under team control for three years. I don't think the Dodgers love that flexibility. I think the Dodgers realize that if they want to go big on a guy, they have to go big, big. And I think that big you league. have all these great prospects that you can cash in. Imagine if they traded for Brian Reynolds and they gave up three of their top five prospects only to see Shohei Otani get traded for a similar deal during the midseason. Because we know that they can, they can coast along until they get to that trade deadline and then possibly make their move. Now, the risk of that is that you have more teams that are involved because they have the expanded postseason yeah. by the same token too you have to hold on to your chips and also too one thing you have to develop that young talent see what you have so i'm with you on that i think another bold prediction would just be that i think that dustin may is going to look really good early on i think that yeah, handsome man yeah i think d may is going to look uh, <laughs> fantastic on the mound with the, the man with the main d mania and i think that he's a guy that is going to be look more like a number three starter than one of the back end guys they have right now. So yeah, yeah this this will definitely be the the year of Dustin Mania potentially. Um, good stuff. I, I you know I I decided I'm going to change my bold prediction is uh, I'm going to go with uh, Boomer Assassin on this. They're going to fire Julia Roberts. <laughs> no longer associated with the Dodgers organization. No, Julia God, Roberts, not Julia. Fired. Wow. Julia Roberts. So no Pretty Woman 2? I was looking for that sequel. It ain't going to be here. Guys, we appreciate another fun stream. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you oh so much for all of the birthday love and shout outs to our guy DMAC underscore LA. Means a whole lot to us whenever uh, you guys give because we know it's tough for anybody to give anything these days and uh, it's very very heartwarming. Till then, find us on the internet, DodgersNation.com. You could subscribe to us everywhere on the internet. You see the thing doing it, telling you to leave the hit the bell, leave a thumbs up, leave a like, leave a comment to you know hack into your grandma's account, leave a comment, <laughs> download uh, us on your TV if that's even a thing. Um, DodgersNation.com, like I already said, we are on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, where your podcasts are available for free. Go there again. Follow this guy, DMAC underscore LA, Twitter and Instagram. I am real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. We are Dodgers Nation, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those spots. Subscribe to all of them. Give us more followers. Makes Gary happy. Maybe one day you guys will see Gary again. Maybe. It's been a while. Three times. <gasps> Gary's been traded. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, guys. He's a victim. We'll see you at FanFest. Bye. <laughs>